right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Señoras y señores, bienvenidos a la No Laying Up podcast. Gosh, I missed the first T announcer at the Grupo Salinos WGC Invitational slash Mexico Open presented by Vidanta. Sally here calling in from Boston with my guy here, TC. Hello, TC. Hola, mi amigo. Glad to be here. Neil is joining us from the Kill House. Hello, Mr. Neil. Good evening. Buena suerte. Yeah, that's good luck. God, I, I didn't pick up anything in Argentina. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Que lastima. Happy to be here. What a shame. What a shame that I got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was actually see what, I, see what I did there? K Ridiculo. S. La Beluga. Jaime Nance was putting in some uh, <laughs> s- some work this week on some accents and things like that. It, it puts you in the mood. It makes it feel pretty localized. Ben Hamin. Ben Hamin. <laughs> uh, that's your guy, the Grupo Salinas oh, guy. We're going to talk best. plenty about I, him. I would, I would be down to sharing some prosperity with him. Very, very in on that commercial. Very prestige worldwide of them. But we'll get there. Neil, why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, the Callaway Three Wood that we that we got to talk about here? Because you got some things to say. I do. I think it's my favorite club in the bag right now. We'll start there. I've got the Rogue ST LS, uh, low spin. I'm a high spin player, uh, so that keeps me on the planet. It's 15 degree loft. Got the extra stiff shaft in there. The reason I like it, Solly, uh, it's the one club I can work consistently right to left off the tee, uh, which is a game changer for me. Uh, helps me. You know, I don't have to hit driver on every hole now, and I feel very confident in, in taking this three-wood. I find it to be one of the most forgiving three-woods I've ever had in the bag. Uh, what I mean by that is my three-woods have traditionally been a very spinny club for me, uh, spinny right balls or, you know, very, very chloroformy left balls. You used to be afraid of hitting the three-wood, and you're not anymore. Big time. And now I find myself reaching for it when I need to hit the fairway. So I love it. And we've got the uh, NLU retro Big Bertha head cover on there. Uh, so if you're looking for a Callaway Rogue ST, whether it's LS or regular three wood, just type in uh, CallawayGolf.com forward slash no laying or actually forward slash NLU uh, to check out the head cover. And all you got to do is plug in the code NLU if you're going to buy the uh, three wood and you get a free NLU head cover with it. Fifty dollar value. TC, what do you think of that? For the record, I, I love the club. It's so good. It's the second favorite club in my bag right now behind the... The U-Wood. The U-Wood. The U-Wood's incredible. <laughs> just, it's like, the U-Wood, I think the U-Wood might be the best club ever made. Well, uh, and, but, but not the best club in your bag. But the three-Wood is, it's become a weapon. Getting yeah, kind of, you know, inside intel. I was talking to uh, Matty, uh, Leisha's caddy. He's like, yeah, man, we can't even hit it. It goes too far. He's like, Leash doesn't really have use for a 283 wood. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it thing is hot. So I would recommend checking it out if you're in the market for a three wood uh, and you want to plug in that code, you can get a free head cover with it, CallawayGolf.com. Solly, what else you got? Well, John Rahm also, a lot of Callaway stuff to get through. John Rahm won, obviously, this week with the uh, Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS Driver and the Chrome Soft X Golf Ball, along with many, many, many other Callaway clubs in the bag. So let's start with uh, Senor Rahm. Is this, uh, TC, I'll start with you. Was this a crowning? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, shit, even on 18, which is, that was supposed to be the, the ultimate crowning on 18, and he, he tried to give the crown back. You know, did hit hit driver on 18. You got to hit driver. So, Kitayama's in his group. He's only up by two over Kitayama. So, if Kitayama makes three, like, you got to still make a play for four. I'm down with hitting driver there. He just, like, 
we were all, the only suspense left was like, is it going to bury in the lip of a bunker, and is that going to cause him to make bogey? He and it almost did. He should have hit his rogue ST three wood. He may be. Pro- yeah, I'm down with driver. No, I'm not going to second guess. Here, he's the best driver in the world. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. One, and, and it's a fade off the tee, which he's automatic with. So he even said in his post round interview of like, man, I didn't expect to be stressing when all I had to do is just hit my normal shot off the tee. Like that whole sets up really well for me. Just you know, just didn't hit a good shot. I I do want to say he hit a exceptional shot into 17. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Weird so camera pure. view for it. We couldn't really appreciate it while it was in the air. And uh, he's like, he's yelling at it to be right. And that shot was so good. It was kind of like watching that. I was kind of rooting for Fino unexpectedly. I wasn't expecting Fino to really be in I the was mix. even rooting for Fino. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it kind of came out of nowhere that he got in the mix. And when he got in the mix, it was kind of like, all right, what's more fun here? Fino coming to win this one, having Big Randy and DJ have to lose their bet that they probably won't pay off for another year. Which, if, if you guys want to get in some asses, get on those two guys that still haven't paid their debt from him winning the Northern Trust in August, by the well, way. Well, if we're so. going to talk about paying debts, I mean – you're talking to the beluga here who who's who's in arrears probably three or four different uh you know no pouches. there's a there's a lot of people on the on the pouch chopping block so th- we're not going li- to we'll litigate that tomorrow on the uh, on the preview show let's let's keep it you know between the mustard and mayo here and i so, think that i i don't personally don't think it was a convincing win from rom no but i thought again the post round stuff was interesting he knows it he said it he's like i i didn't putt well and when you look at the stats like I don't think that I've given him enough credit for this, but he's truly like generationally good off the tee this year. Yes, right. Like I what, let me find the uh, the numbers. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee, and what was the number like one point three, one point two nine, and then it's like okay, and then you look at the rest of the field. He's followed by Keith Mitchell at point eight one five, and then Cameron Young at everyone's bunched up. Then it's like Cameron Young, Sergio, uh, and they're all kind of like eight point one five, eight point one. You know, whatever. And it's like, Basically, man, he he's lifting is, and separating by two full shots over the next best guy over four rounds. Yes, which is it's like crazy. Morikawa, Morikawa with his irons kind of prowess off the tee. And then he's second in, uh, you know, overall tee to green. And then in putting, he's, you know, 172nd. And in, you know, around the green, he's 132nd. So it's like, and I think of Rom, when I think of him, I think of him making those bombs at the U.S. Open, right? I think of him as a really good. I mean, the putter, putter's the, cooled the, off. The, the, like, the putty made it, the BMW, to beat DJ, right? Like, he's just, to me, it's like, man, I, a lot of times, historically or anecdotally, I think of him as a awesome putter. And maybe just, yeah, he's good off the tee, hits it a long way, but I didn't realize he was that good. So, that's been carrying him. And, I, I mean, watch out if the putter heats up because, you know, he is, like, he is that good. Uh, and he's winning without his best putting. He finished 18th overall in strokes gain putting this week, but was negative strokes gain in each of the rounds over the weekend. That's where it was kind of interesting of like, it, it, it kind of tells us like this tournament does not tell a different story than what we've seen out of Rom for, uh, for the most part of this year, which has been the numbers off the tee and, and hitting the ball are just as good. He tried to tell a story of like, listen, because my numbers are so good off the tee and with the approach play, my strokes game putting has to be bad. That's literally like the opposite of how strokes game works. So I don't know if he fully understands how that works, but the story has been like, yeah, he's been the same ball striker, but can't get it in the hole. And that's very unlikely to lead to wins. Even when he was rolling it as good as he was last year, he only won one time. I know it was really two. Memorial should have been a win. Um, and who knows what else would have happened if he'd have not tested positive the second time, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it feels like this the only way he could win the way he played today was kind of how Spieth won at RBC, 
which was, you know, RBC was a better field than this, but this was a very weak field. This was, like, extremely shitty. Can yeah. we just Can we just, like, go out of our way to call that out? Like, 100%. This is one of the worst fields I've ever seen. And he... <laughs> He needs to be better than that closing the tournament. Like, he didn't make a putt over eight feet long until the 14th hole today, I think. Shout out to Kevin Kisner. Yeah, right. Kisner tried to get in my ass on on replies, just refusing to understand how timestamps work and all that good <laughs> stuff. But play, players have been a little extra chippy lately over the last couple months. I don't know exactly why they that is. They feel emboldened. They feel quite emboldened. But. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's crazy. Rom shot 64, 66, 68, 69. He had a share of the lead after all four rounds. Basically wins wire to wire, and we're and we're, you know, calling it an unconvincing or. But he's that good. Exactly. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's a compliment. It says something about our expectations for him. Hundred percent. Like he, there's no way he walks off being like, okay, now I'm ready to go win a major. It's got to be like I, I got to play better than that even to go win, uh, win a major. I mean, when you're when you have Kurt Kitayama and Cameron Champ like on your heels, that's a very different story than what we're going to see play out over the next, you know, over the course of the summer. But I think me- mentally that's good for him. Like it's he got good, it done but when he doesn't have I think sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the hoop, right? And and he won kind of dirty and it's like, okay, I got he kind of got a, a little bit of the monkey off his back, I think. Of like, man, I've had he you could see it in his post round like he he felt he it. He was one. like, I've had a great year or two and I've only won once. Like I feel this is my 7th win. I feel and he could see he's like I think it should be more than that you know so he's been wearing that a little bit so maybe this helps him uh you know get back to uh um kind of being dominant we'll see which I don't know exactly what led him to commit to this event or play this event but I'm guessing it would be like a hey I need to go win one like I need I need a W let's go do that like so for good on him to one playing the event and two like going out and actually getting it done I don't mean the, the whole thing to be a slight but you know, we it, there is a certain expectation for Rom, and he's delivering from tee to green. But it, we all watched it this weekend. Like that didn't look like a guy that you can't putt like that and win major championships, right? And that's what he's here to do. Well, down. Yeah. But I will say this: down the stretch, he, I didn't see him really miss. I maybe seventeen. I didn't really see him miss any putts he should have made. He had some really, really, really comfy two putts, right? Yes. Like there was no, there was never in danger on the back nine today of like, oh, he's gonna, oh man, like that was now he's got to make this difficult eight footer or whatever it was just like yeah he missed a bunch of 15 to 20 foot birdie putts like, the putt that he the putt that he made on 14 so he bogeyed 10 it seemed like everybody was struggling on 10 and then on 12 he was pretty much green side and missed you know he had like 90 feet uh missed that and then that's uh, what it was kind of like makes dude. par and you're like all right you're kind of fucking around with this a little bit and then it's the seven to nine footers is the it's not necessarily it's not the shorties right it's not a Zalatoris thing up close it's not a speed thing up close it's like the putts that make the biggest difference are that like that range from seven to ten feet or whatever and when he's not rolling those in like you're gonna lose you're losing like a half shot to the field every time you do that that's the overall point and but then he made that eleven footer on on fourteen. That on was the, the longest the, putt he made yeah. on the next par five because there's three par fives on the back nine there, and that was kind of like, all right, I'm back. And then he made a uh, he made like a five footer, like got up and down uh, on fifteen there, and it was like, all right, like he steadied himself, things are good, like breezes through sixteen and seventeen, kind of left it short, good chip on sixteen, hits that great shot on seventeen, and then. You know, you're expecting it to just be. He's got a two-shot lead on 18. You're expecting it to be open and shut, and made it a little bit more challenging than it needed to be. He, he uh, the, the you know the tee shot obviously left a little to be desired. The punch out was extremely lucky, getting over the lip of the 
of that sand. But from there, he had it totally fine. Great lag putt, good wedge to the back part of that green. And I um, appreciate him uh, tapping it in before <laughs> Camp Champ and Kitty Ahmed finished. I like that. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to mark this three-incher. He, I, sometimes I that's what I appreciate about, appreciate about Rom. It's like, no, man, I'm just going to tap this in, like, and I'll celebrate, and that's great, and we'll let these guys finish. I know it's not tradition, but... It was like uh, it was kind of a real moment of like, yeah, that's we don't we don't. And his honestly, it was a little bit of like, come on, guys, we don't need to really celebrate this one. Like I was I was supposed to win and I went wire to wire. It was ugly, but he did. He went wire to wire. He got the job done. So I think it's, you know, I think it's a, a quality win for him. That's that's where I stand. I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed in him. No, 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 not disappointed in him. But I think the, the counter to that of tapping it in is like you got some guys behind you that are putting for some huge points and huge money, and that you don't want to do the whole player celebration win before they hit those putts. That's sure. the argument against tapping it in. I'm with you of like, but well, this Camp is Champ also, you know, he probably could have said like, hey, you want me to f-? like his was like a five footer. Like he probably should have just taken his time and finished you know, finished his putt, right? Like, Listen, I think Cam Champ, he was like solo leader, I think, when he made a triple on eight without a penalty stroke. He did not. He was not solo leader. Rom never tied. relinquished the lead to okay. that, I don't think. So he's tied for the lead. I don't think. He makes a seven on eight without a penalty stroke somehow. And then pars 14, pars 18. I mean, on 18 he had, let's see, he hit 319, he had 217 in, and then ends up making five. Like, yeah, just, he dumped just in the back bunker. Bad, that was tough. bad. Bad golf down the stretch from Cam Champ. He's a ball speed imposter. I don't know how to how to rank Cam Champ. I really don't. It's uh, it's uh, it's so weird to see somebody just bomb it so far and struggle so much getting the ball close to the hole. Yet he pops up every now and then, shoots thirteen to sixteen under, and, and gets in contention or wins one. He's uh, he's got a li- not quite Martin Trainer in him, which we'll get to a, a Martin Trainer shout. Martin Trainer's beating the shit out of him in the <laughs> in the FedEx Cup. Martin Trainer's coming. Uh, David Williams 94 asked a great question, which I think, you know, we have to, it does this put an asterisk on Rom's win is did Rom get to walk the course with the director of golf first before the tournament? Cause I mean, it's according to Justin Reed, who knows how big of an impact that might have on somebody's tournament. I think you need to, uh, you need to ask around. You need to, to work some sources down in Mexico, Sally. God yeah. forbid that, that, the, the PGA pro does his job with a guy who's a won at that course before B it's fucking Tiger Woods it's incredible it's incredible and then also like we're, just for people that don't know we're referring to Tiger went to Southern Hills played with the director of golf and uh use golf facts whoever that Twitter account yeah, happens lady, to be, lady J had an issue with that uh her sister or her mother or father it's, it's favoritism it's, you, know. you know pure and simple unbelievable should well, be happening I'm told that that P went out this week or last um, to Southern Hills and completely clogged up the course, chipping and putting everywhere, taking yeah. it up way too long. Well, so, I like had outre- Pete like, in like the top egregious. twenty this week, and he completely wrecked his rig coming down the stretch. Not good. Not so. He needs to, you know, he's let's stay. They need to stay in their lane. They need to work on their game. Is what we need to do there. Sally, so, I thought you were going to get an Aaron Wise. Shout out to Aaron Wise. That was another great golf tournament. I had some plays on him this week. Thought he he should have won. He shot seventy five in round two. Otherwise, he would have won this golf tournament. But he played uh, three damn good rounds of golf this week. That that does not have to add up to a win on the PGA Tour, unfortunately. But uh, I had, a, I had a little hunch on him this week. Uh, before we move on from Rom, though, I do like want to give him a non golf call out. I com- continue to be blown away by his eloquence, his vocabulary, just like the fact that he learned 
English as a second language in college, and the way that he speaks the language is incredible to me, especially, as you heard, with my Buena Suerte line. I, I don't do well in second languages, so it's even more of a... Uh, it's amazing. I, I truly think it's amazing. He just... I find him to be very authentic and real on the podcast with you, Solly. It's one of my favorites is, is your interview with Rom. And then even with Amanda in the post round, I thought he's like he, he, some little bit of speeth where he's trying to answer the question. I think he, he's, he's very authentic. So I find myself rooting for him, and I'm happy that he won. I am struggling a bit with the total shock and just exasperation that comes with like missing putt, like a 12-foot putt that – maybe does something different, slightly different than what you thought. Sure. Like, there's no possible way you've hit all these putts exactly the way you've wanted to, and just either that or you're, like, a horrible, horrible green reader and don't know it yet. But that's, that's I'm at my limit with that on Rom. Like, it, it I just feel like becomes that's a, JT, though, too. Yeah, not to yeah, this a little extent. Bit. Not to this extent. This is, like, this is just total – I guess it's been happening for a long time. I feel like JT has kind of come to terms with the fact that he's been struggling with putter for a long time, and Rom is, like – not either not wanting to admit it or just like there's no way you could be that amazed by a putt breaking a little bit more or not breaking it. Maybe up. that's his juice though. Maybe, maybe he's maybe. he's so convinced, but he's it's so exhausting. Confident in the role in in the read that he puts on on every putt that he has to be shocked to keep that that persona or that you know that kind of coat of armor on right Maybe. it almost it almost seems like a, a prerequisite for being a, a professional of like it can't be my fault you know it's just it's just like unbelievable confidence of like no way that was my fault but i i sorry going back to the post round again one of the lines in there that cracked me up was yeah i stayed real i've stayed really positive out there you know <laughs> just like i don't know i didn't watch the whole tourney but like for rom to be talking about staying positive and stuff just always gives me a chuckle of like like what's positive to him is like to the outside world. Like, man, you're just like, you're killing yourself out there. Like that's, you know, it's like a different, it's a different perspective on positivity, I guess. Uh, Taylor Tolliver asked, was John Rom's dominant run at number one overrated? Sure. He was the top dog, but he didn't win after the U S open. And I think his reign was defined by the fact no one stepped up until Scotty, the King took the crown. I don't think it was overrated. I don't either. That was incredible, incredible golf. I think it was even underrated by the fact that, he didn't, you know, he didn't have a week that went like this for him, right? And when yeah. you're a certain level of player, you kind of price yourself out of these kind of events. Like I, again, I, like I said, I don't really know exactly why he played this week, but his, like players of his caliber don't go play these events too often, and so you don't you miss out on kind of getting those. Let's just call it a cheap win. No wins on the PGA Tour are really actually that cheap, and it's life changing for very many people. But when you're that that much better than the rest of the field, he was four to one to win this week. Like it, this that's, was a, this was a cheap win. This was okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's you. a little bit like when Ohio State brings in the uh, the Red Hawks from uh, you know yeah, Miami to, uh, I, to tune I it up it a little like bit before when, they get into in, into the real season. No, this is like a one double A. This is it's like not, when Duke when Duke goes and plays like the Thanksgiving <laughs> tournament. It's like four teams and they go win it. It's like all right, you got a trophy for that, man. But like, come on, you were like. Come on. But talk, so talking about Rom's U.S. Open, right? He basically wins the Memorial, has the WD, wins the U.S. Open, and then he goes over to Scotland, finishes seventh, T3 at uh, Royal St. George. Cost me so much money. Uh, third at Northern Trust, T9 at BMW Championship, tied for first at the Tour Championship for the 72-hole scores, second at Tournament of Champions this year at Century, uh, T three at Farmers, like he's he's been Balls playing out at the good Ryder golfers. Cup. He's the buoy personally. He's the buoy. The buoy took on a little bit of water over the last couple of weeks, but they they 
the the crews went out there, drained the buoy, and it's now it's back afloat. The Coast Guard was was yeah. working on it. Does it change the way you guys view his major championship season this year? No. We're in major championship series, right? He could win three more PGA Tour events, and I don't think that would change a whole lot. But if, does it make you think any differently about the majors? I mean, T27 at the Masters did more for – it still looked like he's not there, right? So, if anything, it just solidified. Like, I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he's a favorite at he this will point. He will be. He'll I be know. a favorite. And, then, a, and in my mind, he shouldn't be, Yeah. right? And some of that's just because of the – I don't think the venues necessarily suit him as they did to last tee, year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find myself unfairly overlooking him. Just because there's so many other good golfers up at the top of the of the game right now, I, I I think I'm with TC on that. I don't. There's not a venue where it's like, oh yeah, that's a that's a. I mean, maybe the PGA, like Southern Hills, feels like a, a better fit than than Brookline, maybe. But I don't know. You you can't you can't win majors without making putts, right? You got to make putts. And, yes, exactly. Putts. And and the 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 and and the chipping's not very good either. Like to be second overall, you know, in strokes gained tee to green. And then to be in the hundreds, 130, 170 in the stuff around the green, like that's that's tough, that's right? Like that's uh, you're gonna be that's that's, yeah. that's he's been repeating that week after week. So he's winning, you know, he's winning this tournament despite that. I think if people think that his reign as number one was overrated, no. that's just a that's just a reflection on how deep golf is right now and you yeah. need to readjust your expectations yes and like there's something to beating like 98 percent of the field week in a week out which he is just did on repeat right he putted so much better last year and so that that part was not overrated at all i did say as we turn the page into this year that was unsustainable and he, he there was no way he was going to match his production from last year uh, but who knows he may end up with more wins this year i mean he, he only got one out of last year it was i know it was really two but um, who knows what that means in terms of wins, but as far as like strokes gain and actual golf production, he was due for a come down of some kind. Scotty Scheffler is due for a huge come down. That's just an unsustainable level of golf. That's probably pretty obvious. So go, like going through the top 10, I mean, that's the crazy thing too, is like, you know, Morikawa could get hot again. Cantley could get like, I don't, you know, I don't really believe in Cantley. <laughs> uh, like Hovland, Hovland could, could start, fucking people up yep. completely i mean it's it's in there with him jt could get hot i i've written off rory <laughs> uh you know spieth is coming back dj's the greatest player of all time of course like you know there's just some there's some freaking dogs out there man and like some of them and like you didn't us, even talk about scotty or Cam i know Smith. that's what like, i'm saying aside from like the guys that we were talking about leading into the masters like it's yeah. it's it's so deep a lot of guys no. lurking a lot of guys out there Ready to make some cash. And speaking of which, Cash App is the <laughs> easiest way to send, spend, Ooh, and save your money, getting even better at that. You can send or request money from friends and family when they owe you money for dinner, for golf bets. You can invest in any stock or buy Bitcoin with just $1. Price is below 39 k right now. This might be a good time to buy. It comes with a debit card. You can customize it, Cash App. They will laser print it for you, mail it to you. It comes with discounts on places you love called Boosts. And best of all, you can use referral code no laying up when you sign up. Gives you fifteen dollars, fifteen free dollars, and Cash App sets aside ten dollars for each sign up for Youth on Course. So basically, the more people we get using code no laying up and registering, not only are you getting a free fifteen dollars, you're helping to support junior golf. Listen, a lot of our ads we're trying to get you to buy something. You don't have to buy anything with Cash App. They're giving you money. Why have you not done this already? Use code no laying up. You're supporting junior golf and getting some free cash. I can't do any better than that. That's all I've got. That's good stuff.
You're selling convenience, Sully. You know, it's another tool in the toolbox. Sully's also selling Bitcoin. He was in, he was in my ear he the entire pump, flight up here. It. He's like, hey, it's it's back below. It's was coming. it 38? That's not the only that's not the only coin he's he's uh oh, no. he's pimping. He's he's on his he's on his pump and dump. I'm only on no, I'm only good on the ones. Alt, he's on, on the all coins. I'm Come not on. the Dogecoin guy. I'm he on made the a Solana. compelling case. He made a compelling case. I'm on the cosmos. Oh, God, I'm on TC. Luna. Come on. Um, yeah, un undivided attention on the plane. Love that. Can we talk? Uh, can we talk a little? Yeah, yeah, I, felt, I felt like I was at the Vita vacations. Uh, <laughs> you were doing oh, the timeshare sales pitch. Do you want to talk about that now? Let's let, 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 let's talk about the tournament first, and then we'll. Can we talk about the golf course? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's I'm in, dude. I was uh, maybe this is a product of a week off from covering golf that like I totally enjoyed flipping the golf on a Thursday and Friday and Saturday afternoon. Watching this golf course, it was aided a lot by the wind, but man, it was a resort course that looked not miserable to play and not lost ball everywhere. And yet the tours, the, the tour pros did not take it super deep. Par 72 on a resort course and winning score was 17 under. Like that is a strong development. And that's a, a testament par to 71. Par 71, excuse me. That it's a testament to uh, an interesting golf course, I thought. I, I, I had a blast watching this tournament. I, I missed the old venue, it was awesome. That whole event had an entirely different energy to it, and there's not the same on-course fan experience, and, and kind of that energy does not resonate on TV. But um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, maybe that, like I said, that's a product of taking a week off, though. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch this than Zurich. There's a lot of tournaments like this over Amex, this over 3M. I can I could name several more. Like this was not uh, I, when I saw it on the calendar, I was like, this is going to be a waste of a week, and it was not a waste of a week. Yeah, plus you get some to see some new be, names too. It's and it's it's nice to just have eyes on a new course, right? You got so Sometimes. much. Like, well, you got a lot of context built up with like Amex. You know, you've seen that course for the last twenty years. You're like, okay, good I'm, I'm good on the I'm good on the birdie fest. Like, same thing with like up in Minneapolis with the 3M. It's like, okay, you know, it's the land of the lakes up here. Like, I, I, there are certain courses that just I don't need to see year over year. So I hope, and it looks like with the, I don't know if they're going back there next year, but doing some research on the uh, Mexican Open. It's been all over the This is the know, this the is the place. Mexico Mexico open, open, not the Mexican Open, which Sorry, I want I want it to be that as well, but it's not. Uh, uh Neil, and you better you better I'm apologize sorry. for glossing over all the good golf up in up in Minnesota. All the all the all the upper Midwesterners are going to get all over you for for at No, I have I love that region of golf. I just don't the, the where they play that the course 3M. That course sucks. But it's atypical for the region. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. that. That is not a, a slight at golf in Minnesota or Minneapolis. Come on, TC. I know. I'm looking don't, out don't for you. That. I'm looking out for you. Just no, it's explain. just it's just what is it? T TPC like Twin Lakes Twin or cities. Twin Cities? Like Bad. I just think that course stinks. Bad. Like the drone shots of it, just it, you know, it's just it's not not for me. It's miserable. Three M catches yeah. some strays out here, but uh, I thought there was a lot of interesting golf holes. That super long par five on the back, I believe that was 14. 660 yards was playing downwind, but had a centerline bunker and uh, really cool angle to the green. The guys had to play around <laughs> and saw it a couple times. Was like, hey, they should put like a really deep pop bunker in there. I'm like, it's a fucking resort course, <laughs> man. Like, you gotta like, there you was, can't go overboard. In front of 18, I was like, all right, that bunker in front of that green's just a, a little too easy. But that tenth hole was fascinating. A dog leg yeah. right into the wind. Guys had with a little pond exactly in their landing area. For once, the the course that a course that had centerline bunkers felt like they put them perfectly in range instead of like the tour pros hate centerline bunkers when they played at trinity four several years ago they moved tees up so they could avoid 
the exact design purpose of the hole. And it felt like these were like right in the way of where these guys wanted to hit it. And that was that was entertaining, I thought. I mean, well, some of it feels like they have enough room down there. Right, like it's a par seventy three for resort guests, mm. and they're able to tweak it. I think they added two hundred yards to the course before the tournament showed up. They added a bunch more bunkers. Like they almost got it like, like a little bit like tour proofed before those it's guys also showed up. Palum. Yeah, so it's, it's almost yeah. It's like it was kind of made for this, right? Of like, okay, cool, we can we can stretch it to what seventy four hundred or seventy five hundred yards, and. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with why you know making a seventy four hundred yard course a par seventy one. Like yeah, I think that's going to stretch well, there's all, yeah, the, there's uh, five, there's, the pros there's a little five bit. Par threes. Well, and it, but it didn't feel like just a total bomb and gouge fest though. At the same yeah. time, like it felt like I felt like I saw a lot of five and four irons and in, in I saw some lumber into par fours and stuff like that. I, I don't know. It was uh, it didn't feel like a total bomb and gouge fest. But then at the same time, like like Finau distance played out there. Yeah. Like I mean, what was his strokes gained putting for the week? It was not great, I don't think, but um, he was like minus five or minus six, thirty-six holes in, I think. He was minus yeah. two basically overall, but yeah, he was he was minus five points. L- looking two. at the leaderboard, it looked like a bomb and gouge fest. <laughs> I mean, like if you Lonto came back Griffin to this leaderboard is, in a year, he's up there. Well, I mean, even even uh, Kitayama's like he's pumping it out he's like 35th in driving he's pumping it he's carrying it like 300 you know what it was a bomb fest i when i say bomb and gouge i mean like driver wedge like just find it and hit a wedge on but that's what i'm saying it's you still had to to land it's almost like this course is so new they're like cool check it out we're gonna be able to stretch this thing out so that you know like 7400 like all you can handle par 71 like that's a that's a long golf course that's a especially at sea level uh with wind and uh, I think, but on like on the flip side too, you had some guys that 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 aren't bombers up there. You had Chez, Chez finished T T thirteen. Chez Chez kind of balled out. Um, yeah. a lot of bombers up there. A lot of bombers. <laughs> Kelly, a lot of bombers Kelly on the leaderboard though. T fifteen, Bond T fifteen, Bond's back. Bond is back playing some golf. Uh, uh, shout out to Brandon Wu, T two finish, tied the course record with a sixty three. Uh, tied fee now, of course, today. Uh, and then well, before that, Martin Trainer. Oh gosh, set the course record prior, like er, earlier in the day. Martin Trainer and somebody else shot sixty four today. And it got broken. Uh, D- David Lipsky and Martin Trainer and Aaron Wise all shot sixty four today. Which again, we I tweeted this out, but shout out to to Martin Trainer. We've had our, uh, you know, we've had our <laughs> fair share of uh, jokes at his expense over the years in terms of he's missed sixty eight of the last eighty seven cuts or something like that. Yet has his third, almost his third top 10 of the year. He finished T11. Um, he is currently 120th in the FedEx Cup as of right now. Um, and famously won the Puerto Rico Open and proceeded to miss 20 of 22 cuts the next year. And is starting to play a little bit of golf every now and then. And it's impressive. I want to give that well, shout out. Well, Solid, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Houston week. Yes. When we were on the it was pod. Houston, yeah. Right, and he came in second. And... Uh, he finished fifth, like, I think, but yeah. Or fifth, right? Top 10. And it was like, we went through it. You you, you listed, like, you just went through and said cut, you know, cut, like every week that he's, and then he comes out and it's a top 10. I got so much respect for that. Like the ability to mentally stay in it, all the hotel rooms, all the travel expenses, you know, it'd be so easy for a guy like that to just hang it up. Be like, I, you know, I, I lost that love and feeling, but, uh, but he hasn't. And that's, that's good to see. So I think Martin Trainer. Well publicized win at the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, he had a Corn Ferry Tour win in Springfield, Missouri. We're gonna set that aside. He had he he won the El Bosque Mexico Championship 
2018. T5 at the Houston Open. A lot of Spanish speakers down in, down in Houston. Won the Mazatlan Open in 2016 on the South American Tour. I can see a trend. Won the, uh, T, T11 at the Mexico Open at Vidante. I'm just going straight down his best finishes <laughs> on OWGR. See, Seventh, the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. See. Uh, T7 <laughs> there. Uh, solo Cuesta. second at the Lexus Peru Open. Oh, my God. Presentado God. Poor Diners Club. See, claro. Uh, you know, just, I'm just saying, There's, you know what? It's, it's like the schlong. The schlong plays well in Mexico as well. So... That's incredible. Spanish speaking, That's great stuff. Spanish-speaking countries only. That is an interesting uh, thing to to track going forward. Uh, that's a that's a trend to watch for uh, you know for the uh, for the DK preview show. I will be keeping an eye on that. I do think DC. there's a there's something to be said for. We can talk all we want about. We can make fun of him. He's a narcissist. He's a third leg Greg. <laughs> you can't fake your way around his golf courses. Correct. It just usually it's like I don't ever want to play there. No, but this one was very much like, dude, I, w- I think I would like to play this golf course. But they actually turn out to be like, like I always enjoy watching um, the one down in um, Mayakoba. Yeah, Mayakoba. Yeah. Like I always enjoy watching that. I always enjoyed watching TBC Sugarloaf. Like it's not a course that I I ever liked playing. It's the worst walk in all of golf. But it uh, there were some really interesting holes out there, and like. Like you had to hit your irons well. Good iron players played well on those courses, except for Martin Trainer. <laughs> there are some people that, that came out of the woodworks to to criticize several other third leg Greg golf courses. <laughs> that uh, there's he, plenty of bad ones. There's out plenty there. of bad ones out there. But this one, listen, uh, that was just a surprise to me when I heard they were going to this course. It was like, all right, this is going to be a nothing tournament. But uh, turns out, I don't think we're going to be making any visits to Vedante based on what uh, what you found online, TC. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just kind of you know, I'm like, hey, what's this place all about, right? And uh, I guess, uh, you know, we, we had gotten some DMs from people saying, like, hey, I've been down there. Ben Rector said uh, I went down and filmed, what, Bachelor in Paradise or something? And he said, like, man, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, pretty, like, surreal experience. Um, I guess they're doing all sorts of timeshare shit down there. They've got kind of the big shiny object there on the, on the main beach. And then... They kind of sounds like the model homes look really. Yeah, nice. they kind of bait and switch you. Uh, so you know, I, I tweeted something out from uh, consumeraffairs.com earlier. Uh, I believe there were. Um, what was the rating out of five? It was a one point four out of five <laughs> on two hundred and thirty-two ratings. That's so many ratings. And I scrolled all the way down, and it's like you know, I really wish I took a look at the reviews prior to meeting with the Vita staff. Their sales price. And granted, this is Vita Vacations, which is a part of Vidanta. Uh, or whatever, but uh, their sales practices are deceitful and should be deemed criminal. Uh, let's see here. Next up, uh, Tiffany of Ormond Beach, Florida. Don't <laughs> buy here. The salespeople are scammers. Um, let's. Well, no, TC. I read through a lot of those. I, I honestly couldn't look away. <laughs> it sounds like the what they they do is they catch them in the airport yeah. and they've got like margaritas and cervezas. You're like, Hey, come with me. Like we got a free breakfast for you. You only got to sit through an hour presentation for the timeshare. It's no big deal. But like, you know, they give you, we'll give you all these free perks and then they get there and they keep them for like six hours. And it's just like, they just level down on the sales. So they try to sell them like the, you know, Kapua suite and then it goes down a level and then down a level. And then until people are like legitimately like, I need some water. And they're like, well, cool. Here's some tap water. It's, it's like, obviously you don't want to drink that. 
You know, so they're like, all right, fine. What, what do you want me to buy? I'll buy it. So you, you'll just let me leave. Like they won't let, they just legitimately won't let people leave until they buy something. Who shows up? Like buy a timeshare. At the airport without having a reservation on where to stay. Or are they just like shopping? No, I think they're no, I think they're just so showing. People thought up. they were like the tourists. They think they're like the the uh, welcome committee. You know, like the mm. uh, like the tourism. You know, it's like oh yeah, these people being super nice to us. Like oh yeah, I'd love a free brunch with you know bottomless mimosas. That sounds great. Like people are looking for deals, man, and they're down there staying at like all inclusive spot or somewhere else. It's like I love it down here. I I would definitely look at buying. And a I think I think Puerto Vallarta has gotten a little bit, you know, tough. Over the years, like I think you know, Cabo and Riviera Maya and all that's kind of been on the up and up. I think I think Puerto Vallarta had to resort to some of these, uh, or I guess this is Nueva Vallarta, which is up the road. But um, I don't know. I've ne- you know what? Who am I to speak? I've never been to Mexico before. Uh, I'm sure that I, really? I know there's there's like hundreds of wonderful resorts in Mexico, and uh, but like even the CBS guys, it it sounded like there was a little bit of like not Stockholm syndrome, but like. Hey man, like you, you know, you gotta like. Here's the shots you're gonna show of the beach, of the resort. You're gonna say great things about. Oh my gosh, like how you know? It feels like we've been here for eight days. We're so relaxed. Da 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 da. da. It just it just felt a little wink wink to me. Tough look for Grupo Salinas, which I know you hate. TC. Well, so, you guys so that's what I was gonna ask. Do they own Vidante? I don't think they do. Is that part of the? Because because what the sales tactics don't sound like shared prosperity. Well, to me, I'll tell you this. Well, it sounds like they're trying to get other people to share their prosperity with them. That's what I mean. That's not good. I, I hate that for my guy Benjamin. I don't think ben Ben Hamin, <laughs> uh, by the way. But ben I Hameen. also don't know like how how did you not gather that from their commercial where they say they have an inclusive business model to to share prosperity. The most vague description ever of their business. They had 30,000 commercials this week. I still don't know what they do. I've looked it up, and I still couldn't explain what they do. I know it's a conglomerate of some kind, but it just amazes me. The word salad that are those commercials. It's the best. It's, it's prestige so worldwide. Good. It's awesome. And they've been doing it. Solly, how long have they been doing it for? You know the answer. Since 2018, I think. Over a century. Oh, I know 116 that. I mean, years. In golf. 116 years. In golf. Come on. Grupo Salinas is a group of fast-growing businesses. That's true. It's shared prosperity. <laughs> they're improving Mexico's image before the world, Mid- which I would argue right. that so maybe they're not. Sports washing. Yeah. What's his name? Ben. Ben Hamin. Ben Hamin uh, Salinas Sala. Shout out to the, uh, to the to the vice president of. I think of they're embroiled in all sorts of tax evasion, uh, allegedly uh, all sorts of tax evasion suits flying back and forth between them and the Mexican government right now as well. Closing out the top of uh, the leaderboard here, what do you guys think of watching Kurt Kitayama play golf? You, you, Sally, you, you said it today. It's, it seems like he's trying to save... Everything is like, no, 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 no. It's saving. <laughs> like like, flipping it at the end. Well, it's a, I mean, that follow through, you know, Scheffler does that say, a little bit too, right? And he looked to me, I kept, I kept looking up at the screen when he was teeing off and be like, is that Chez? Because he's got that flat it, bill. It, it kind of looks like if Chez and uh, if Chez and Sung Kang had a baby. Yes, that's good. Uh, until swing. the back, until the follow through. He's a he's a total power plant, man. He's he's uh, he's carrying it like three oh four off the tee, one eighty two ball speed. Like when they were putting the uh, you know the track man on him, he moves it. But seems like he strikes it pretty well. He's thirty eighth in uh, strokes gained approach too, Solly. But like deep. Deep in the field and everything else, not not great off the tee, not great around the greens. He does swing it like Sun Kang. That was the reminder, and it does. 
It's 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 kind of thing that if you watched him play in person, I'm sure it would be like awesome because you can see the ball flight, you can you, you know see it. how he's in control of it. But golf swing wise, it doesn't look like he's ever in control, and that can be taxing to watch. Um, His certain, brother caddies at Bandon. How about that? Really? Yeah. Certain swings like look really good on TV, and you're kind of like, hey, how do you ever miss a shot? And that's Kurt Kitayama's is not one of those. I, I've but I've got no issue with. I I, I would like to see more uh, swings like. Kurt Kitayama's not less like guy that he's just trying to he's he's you're like you're right you're saving at the bottom but I find that more interesting to watch like man can this guy close it out like with that swing you know is that is that uh is that sustainable over four days I don't know but I I can't wait to see it's better than just like the automatic like track man stuff that you see like I don't know like a guy they, they were track man swings fluffing um Davis Riley on the broadcast, like, oh, kids, if you want to copy a swing, copy this guy. And listen, I, I like Cantlay, but he's like, he's like Kirkland's signature Cantlay for me. Just like, what? I don't know anything about this guy. Very, very perfect golf swing. Very boring. Right, don't, don't, don't need to watch it. I'm going to get Sally all riled up. Oh, no. What's the highest Kirk, or like the, the oh. best that Kirk Kitayama has been, been ranked in the, when the world of golf? Did he get the, the top 50? Ranking? I think he, 48th. Yeah, he got he snuck in there. He's a manipulator. I, I don't mind calling out the Americans that are also manipulators. You know, because all credit to them for going overseas sure. and it's smart playing the game. It's smart. I, I don't blame them. They just they end up over overinflated OWGRs just like anybody else that plays. I will say he also got crowned by that that I don't know if it was a lady or a guy. The leg, his ball was trundling towards into the, the water. water. Yes, and was that 16? No, I think it was earlier on and. Uh, it was trundling towards the water, and you know it was like a Bob May Tiger type thing. At, well, the curb uh, helped too because there's a couple balls this week that got caught in the curb. It was on 14. Yeah. Which you know they're going to have good cart pass out there. People got to take advantage of the shark. Plus experience. the shark. I mean, the, the right? shark's trying to like he he spends two to three x when he's building a golf course. Like you know your your bill is going to come back two to three x what anybody else's golf course is going to cost. Because of what? Card no, pass? No, just like he just uses like the most expensive contractors and just like pumps the bill up like crazy. It's just over-engineered. An- another thing I hate admitting is the shark experience. It was a quite a nice experience when we did it at Ojai Valley. And it was an upset. An upset that I, I, I could not have seen coming. But I have to, I have to call it like I see it. That's, that's, what, we, that's what we do. They're, giving you a, they're getting you a lot of entertainment options with Maybe the shark experience. Maybe too many, but Almost too many. not bad, but... DJ yeah. wanted us to discuss a question. Which touring professional would get scammed on a timeshare in Mexico? I, th- I found this one a tough, a tough one to answer. I, I went down the leaderboard just so in my head I could think about, like, okay, these guys are there for the week. Like, who on Tuesday, you know, or, or Saturday they stayed an extra day and they, they missed the cut. I had a few names on the list. I, I had uh, Doug Gim <laughs> and his dad. I feel like maybe they could get, you know, Doug Gim, mainly because Doug Gim's dad I might. Doug, I heard that like, Doug hey, Gim Doug, and his I need dad to are not on, not on good terms right now, which I hate well, to hear. But. All right, well, in my head, that's how I was thinking. I have uh, Kevin Na. I feel like Na might get, get looped into something like, oh, what a great investment this is. You know, he seems to be, uh, you know, kind of able to be sold on some things um, if, if it's the right price. I've got Matt Every also <laughs> barely missed the cut. No, I feel every like Every smart, did. Man. I mean – I know, but I could see ever getting off the plane and be like, dude, I mean, they had these, like, girls waiting at the airport. <laughs> no. and, like, they had, like, cervezas, and we, 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 we were partying, and we went over to this to this model home. It was great, and they were like, yeah, you should buy a place down here. I was like, hell yeah, let's I got do two it. guys in this field. I could see 
I got Grayson Murray. Yes, of course. And then I've got Peter Malnati because I think he's so nice that he's not gonna like he's not gonna say no to somebody to their face when they when they ask him about the you know setting up the timeshare appointment. Which speaking of Grayson Murray, we also have uh, a little dust up that happened apparently uh, this week between him and Kevin Na. Which again, the lamest fight in golf history continues on. I'm firmly on Team Grayson here. <laughs> she might be too. I I am too. And Grayson had a good week, so it kind of might have you know he was what T11, bear a little bit. T13, yeah, something like that. He had uh, yeah T13, T13 with with uh, with it was just Grayson and Chez. Wow, a T13, birds of a feather. Got he- heavyweight, heavyweight. Final, um, final two. Anything else what happened? Was it, well, it was just more was of the same, right? Kevin Na. Uh, we only heard Grayson's side of the story, which is Kevin Na came up to him swearing at him. It's the first time they've run into each other since Grayson Murray tweeted, like, uh, you know, somebody tweeted, watching Kevin Na walk in putts never gets old. And and Grayson replies, like, him what, taking three minutes to hit every putt gets old. And Kevin Na replied, watching you miss the cut is getting old. And it was. And then Na was like, yeah, even Brooks, everyone's everyone texting text me. me. It was many, many people many, texting me how, how funny that was. Such a funny tweet. And yeah, apparently Kevin Na got in his grill or something about it while he was chipping. And it, it sounds even even lamer. So man, congratulations this, this, to both. This league, man. <laughs> yeah. This tour. The le- uh, let me ask you this on the timeshare question. I want to go back there. Which announcer do you think would get roped into a timeshare scam? M- most likely on on the broadcast crew. I think they're all pretty savvy at this point. They they travel. Which announcer? Can I say I've Faldo? got I've got Ian Baker Finch. Faldo say I, Faldo. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say Ian Baker Finch uh, along the lines with. Uh, Malnati being like, oh, you know, he just he seems like such a nice guy. He might oh, I'd love a free breakfast. Like, well, yes, I'll listen. I'll, I'll look at some literature, and then all of a sudden he's there for six hours. Can't get out. I think Faldo Crazy. is probably doing this as we speak, and he wasn't even on coverage this week. So, which I didn't even notice that. That was that, maybe that's why it was a nice. Speaker. Well, that's why. Like, I'm I wondering. All right, that, you actually. got Na. Like, why is Na? Why? Why did Na go to Mexico? Or what was the purse this week? Seven point three million. So it was like a full. That's a smaller purse on tour, but yeah, I mean. So winner got what? One point three. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's like a that's a legit week. One point three one four for Rom, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty legit week. Yeah. So okay, so so yeah, that's why Nod was there, and then and then Nance, same thing. Like, why was Nance there? Why he was off last week? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he wanted a little vacation. This seemed this seemed you know. Kind of listen. Nobody wants to support the Mexico Open more than me. I think Rom should go north of the border next week or in a couple of weeks and go up to Canada and try to hold all three U.S. Open, Mexico Open, Canadian Open, all at the same time, even if it was just for a week, because that's I think the week before the U.S. Open. Um, That'd be sick. You know, but listen, national opens are sweet. They are. I agree, guys. Can I make a confession? We've been traveling a lot, haven't been watching a ton of golf. It sounds like an ad read, but it's not. Continue. It's not. So, we you know, we did our picks on Monday. <laughs> you don't have to confess kinda, this. We all saw this. <laughs> kind of scrolled through. It's like, yeah, okay, it's in Mexico. Ah, I guess they moved the WGC to later in the year, but cool. All right, so we're at we're at altitude. We're at we're Chapultepec. I'm in. Let's go. So I'm making all my picks thinking, <laughs> thinking they're at altitude, thinking it's the WGC. It wasn't. So. I want to say this. I decided then, as my penance, I, I did some research. I, I learned a little bit about the Mexico Open. Do you guys know how long it's been held for? Since what Probably year? Probably over 100 years. 
No. Okay. 1944. So not not as long as I thought it would be longer as well, TC. And there's been two separate times within those, uh, I don't know how many years that is, what, 70, 60, something? So World War II is uh, raging on. There's like, you know what we need? We 78 need, years. We need a golf tournament. It, it's time to start a pro you. golf tournament here. Exactly. And there, But there's been, like in the 80s, there was like a five-year stint where they just didn't have it, just didn't exist. And I think the same thing in like the early 60s. But there's some kind of, there's some heavyweight winners yeah. that have gone down there. And, and 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 dug it out of the dirt. We've got Tommy Armour III won in 1983. The Prophet, Troy Merritt, won it recently, like 10 years ago. Love that. Esteban Toledo, TC. He won Holy it in 2000. Toledo. Jay Haas, Fred Funk, Gentle Ben in 1981. Uh, Lee Trevino won it twice. The Mary Max. Uh, Roberto Di Vincenzo, three-time Mexico Open winner. Tony Lima, Randy's boy. Uh, won it twice. Uh, a guy on the broadcast. Can you guess Frank who? Nobolo. Won it. Frank Nobolo won it in 1997, and Stu Sink won it twice in the 90s. How about that? And who do you think holds the four-round scoring title, tied for it? Justin actually? Huber. Justin Hubert. That's exactly right. Uh, minus 23 in 2015 at Agua Calientes. How far above sea level do you think Agua Calientes is? It's that means water. Hot, hot water, right? Yeah. Probably five feet. Is it pretty close to sea level? 6,100 feet above oh sea God. level. Oh, God. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Can you imagine so, Huber playing at 6,100 feet above I sea level? I can't. That's what I was laughing about. It's like, God, he's probably driving the green on every hole. That's unbelievable. It's like Brandon Matthews down in Columbia. Yeah, man. So just a little well, just a little history there. I thought that was uh, – it seems like they've bumped it around uh, all over the country. But, you know, here we are at uh, Vidante. It's just such a bummer that like so I think Grupo I think I think our hitters allegedly at Grupo Grupo Salinas they were trying to wiggle out of their contract with with the WGC and so they got you know the, but basically the tour was like hey like you got to keep having you got to keep sponsoring a tournament I mean we must have seen that commercial oh my gosh sixty times today it was incredible um, and you know no different on Thursday through Saturday as well they've roped in this Vidanta company they've they've they're, but they're still involved. Kind of begrudgingly, I think. And they were charging, uh, Shackelford posted something today. They were charging, I think, 130 or 140, you know, the equivalent of 130 or 140 American dollars. There was no fans out there. Which it sounds like it's in line with their overall business model. <laughs> Not the inclusive business model of Grupo Salinas, but Vedante in general of just, you know, just got people that they got by the balls just ringing out every, every, uh, every dollar they possibly could. I was just looking if... Grupo Salinas owns Grupo Vidante, and they it do doesn't not. look like they do. Grupo Vidante partners with Grupo Salinas, so it, it sounds like a, a, a shared partnership of, of shared prosperity. <laughs> definition of right to uh, to. It's just, I guess, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because you know, the tour probably said, "Hey, we, you know what? We're gonna make an exception here, or we're gonna go with a, a Grupo Salinas type company that." You know, nobody's really sure what they do. I know they own, you know, TV Azteca and some of the the multimedia, you know, companies down there. But, like, they can't get out of this deal or they don't want to let them out of this deal. But, like, you, you've you got to make sacrifices to get into these new markets sometimes. And it's kind of a double-edged sword. So I don't know how to feel about it because, like, I don't know if the tour, you know, kind of sold them down the river on this one or they were just a bad partner to begin with. Yeah, these guys look like a little bit like Comcast. In Mexico, yeah. like they own the internet service provider, 
Telecosmo. They own uh, Mazatlan FC Football Club, uh, Grupo Electra. Uh, products include finance, home appliances, consumer electronics, furniture, motorcycles, mobile phones, computers. Sounds like and GE. They're GE, that's exactly yeah, what Before okay. GE sold their stuff And then to TV Azteca, television and radio network. So, yeah, mm. I guess GE might be a better, a better comp. Uh, founded in 1906 in Monterey, Mexico. How about that? Real quick, I think uh, Alex Smalley, I hadn't seen much of him until this weekend. Uh, impressed with his tempo. Love that golf swing. He uh, has low arm tension. That's what everyone should be emulating out there. Davis Riley, always good to see him on the board. I yeah, I feel bad. I, I kind of did a drive-by on Davis Riley. but Why? I, what I was just saying his, about his swing. His stock I, he's golf just swing. like... I just feel oh, like he's swing's so good. So good. I well, that's the po- I get that, but my point is, I I find it more interesting to watch, you know, a guy like Kitayama try to get it around than I do watching. You just described your golf game like to a T. Like, oh yeah, the adventure is more fun than like just doing it the smart stock way here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> As an entertainment product, for sure. I I wish more swings on the PGA Tour were unique. And I think in the age of the track, man, we're getting away from that. There's just not a lot of homegrown golf swings out there. Like, I hate that Matthew Wolf is in the wilderness because I love watching yeah. him swing the golf club. I think it's crazy, and it's fun. You know, I hope he gets back. Like, that, that's Furyk. I love watching Furyk hit the ball. I think it's fascinating. So that's just my personal, uh, my personal feelings. Every player has their own unique style of play. They have their own <laughs> unique way of swinging the golf club. That's part of what we love about golf. It also happens to be what we love about bourbon, like Elijah Craig, for example. Neil's got some sitting I right do. there. That was totally by accident. Elijah well, Craig, right? you are smoother than Elijah Craig with these transitions. This God, is that's good stuff, Solly. Unbelievable. I got, I've got the ride tonight, actually. Ooh. Yeah. So the, uh, the the I think it's it's not barrel proof, but it's it's the uh, it's the kind of. The rye whiskey, which is good stuff. <laughs> Great description of that. Every bottle, their award-winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and subtle smoke flavor. I like to drink it on the rocks or in an old-fashioned. Elijah Craig won double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits competition last year. So whether you're watching a tournament at home, playing a few holes with your buddies, make Elijah Craig your signature sip. You can pick up a bottle today at ElijahCraig.com slash NLU. No Lang Up is brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. That was that was smooth until we had the rye. You had the rye there for the bourbon read. But listen, they've got a lot of great offerings there at ElijahCraig.com. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah, I just that was what I I I was feeling tonight. But the, I come on, the bourbon's just as good. It's even better. How about that? Well, all the all the awards would say so. And also, just got back from Bandon. You may or may not have left a couple bottles of Elijah Craig. Somewhere special out on the golf course. Ah, you know what? How about that? If, if, if you stumble upon a, a, a tree somewhere, you may find some. So how about that? Th- and talking about thinking wisely, a guy that doesn't think wisely. You see what I did there? Nope. Uh, Wayne Player. <laughs> you see he spoke to Joel Beal in Golf Digest? I did not. Uh, basically just, you know, went on the record for like 60 minutes, took oh, him no. through the whole encore saga um, you know, he said he, he legitimately just wanted people to know what kind of golf ball his dad was playing. Yeah. He said like people were curious and he just, he, out of the kindness of his heart, he just wanted people to know that he said allegedly that Lee Elder forgave him. He oh, said, I, you know, I love you, Wayne. I've always posthumously. Exactly. I was like, yeah, like, I don't think you get to do that after no, the guy died. No, that's not how it works. Uh, yeah. And then, it, yeah, uh, Augusta did, did ask him never to return. Thank God. <laughs> 
So well, I think I speak for all of us when I say when we get to this next part of the news is holy shot because shot just got real. Uh, it's been a little minute since we've discussed the Saudi Golf League uh, that they don't want you to call it, otherwise known as Live Golf. Um, it, it, some things have happened over the last couple of weeks. Studio 54 is, is what I'm calling it. At the top of the list, and a lot of this comes from Bob Herrig at SI.com, who's been absolutely killing yeah. uh, the beat on this one. Shout out to Bob. Bob's Bob's been crushing it. He's been working, over at SI. working the phones. Phil Mickelson has sought a release from the PGA Tour in order to play the first Live Golf Invitational Series event outside of London in June. Mickelson's agent, Steve Loy, released a statement in which he said the six-time major winner who has not competed in more than two months has also submitted his application for the PGA Championship and U.S. Open. He said our client, Phil Mickelson, is officially registered to play in the PGA Championship as well as the U.S. Open. Uh, again, this is coming from Loy. We also have filed a request on his behalf uh, for a release to play in the first Live Golf Invitational in London, June 9th through 11th. This request complies with the deadline of April 25th, set forth by the PGA Tour to compete in a conflicting tour event. Phil currently has no concrete plans on when and where he will play. Any actions taken are in no way reflection of a final decision made, but rather to keep all options open. When do we see Phil next? He's got to play the PGA. PGA. The minute, PGA. Right? Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, I was going to say, I was just looking at the date just to make June 9th to 11th. So definitely the PGA. I think he 100% is playing. And that. it sounds like the tour is going to potentially grant releases to the the London event. I think they have to, basically. I think they will do something very similar to. So uh, other things, a lot of the other things that have happened, basically, is now the, uh, the Live Golf is not going to be a breakaway league until at least 2024. It is a series of events. I believe it's eight this year. I believe it's ten next year. I could be wrong on the number of events next year. It might be more than that. They got a coalition of events. A coalition of events, but it's not a breakaway league. And my question is, does that change anything legally for the tour? Does that change anything with what they've told players? Like, if you go join this startup league, you will be banned. Okay, well, now that it's not a league, how do we do this? Um, to give an understanding, and we covered this on our player handbook pod last year, but the tour, you know, is willing is not willing to grant releases for other events that happen in North America. That is a strict rule in the handbook that says, like, we're not going to give you releases for those. Now, so the first event being in London, I don't know if that's by design, but I think they're going to release players for that. And I think it will probably have stipulations similar to the Saudi International that said, all right, if you're going to skip AT&T or whatever it was op opposite this year, like you have to come play this event some point in the next blah, blah, blah years. It's like you can go play this now, but you got to come play this one otherwise. I don't know what that other, you know, that stipulation will be. Is it going to be for the Canadian Open that, that this is opposite to say you must come play the Canadian Open next year if you want to play the Centurion event this first year? It's all, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out, but I would guess that how that's how that's going to work. I would think that like this would seem like a prime week for the live golf guys to get underway if if they're confident in their product right like do the do something against mexico or do something against you know is going to be a very you know weak field and and just a very blase telecast just throw something up against that instead of you know, like, like, yeah, I, like I'm actually kind of excited to watch time. Canada. I think it'll be a good golf course. And I think they were going for as soon as we can actually get organized, we're going to do That's what I mean. I, yeah. TC, I, th I bet they, they probably circled this and said, yeah, we can't make it, right? Like, we don't have yeah. we don't have our ducks in a row. Question, Sally, is now that it's just a series of eight events this year and maybe ten next year, is it still part of the Asian Tour? This is not part of the Asian Tour. So they are it's also not. investing $300 million in – 
the Asian tour in a series of events on that tour. But this is a separate series of events. Like they continue to just kind of shift their model around. Uh, I don't know if it's before it was, there was an Asian tour. Like the original plan was that they're still doing that. They're still the Saudi international included. They are doing investing a lot of money in a bunch of different Asian tour events. This thing they set up live golf tour was originally a breakout league, and now they have come out and said, like, this is not going to be a league until 2024. This is just a series of events. You can play one, you can play eight, you can play four, you can play however many you want. These are just options. Basically, how I read that is, like, we are going to test the shit out of all of these statements from the PGA Tour, and if it comes to it, we are going to test, we're going to have these players test the legal system that the legal state, I guess, on, in, on legal grounds, the PGA Tour saying you can't play in these events. So all the the team stuff is out for now. It's just straight up team stuff is or, happening. They're gonna play. They're gonna is. make individual teams every week oh, that they have the tournaments. I know, but it's not a league of set teams that's gonna show up for each event. God, this is. But the crazy part is, it's gonna be a, a beautiful disaster, right? But when these guys on the PGA start seeing exactly like, what, like, like when when Robert Garrigus and J- and Jason Kokrak show up and make six million dollars and it's no cut like man that's gonna get some dudes to think about it big time that's a hundred percent their play and there are going to be people that get way out way too early and say what a disaster this is like they have the money they have the runway to to wait this out okay they do not look at this like the first event is going to be a shit show i still don't know where we're going to watch it they still don't have a television deal like i I think you're going to be streaming it somewhere on like probably on livegolf.com or something like that it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be horrible to start, but don't dance on their graves it's too quickly. It's not going away. It, it, yeah, this is part of the away. plan, and I don't know if it's a good plan or not, but they are one of the few entities that has just a limitless bucket of cash to throw at this problem, and they don't necessarily have to think that strategically. Especially so. with the, the price of oil right now. <laughs> like they, This is like a, a rounding error in a you know, day's oil. Like they, they, they just, like they can throw even more money at this now based on their original projections. And honestly, like there's another article from Bob Herrick that said 15 players in the world top 100 have registered for the first Live Golf tournament. I'm, I, I'm not in that article, but I've seen rumored names of a lot of the names we've thought we would see. Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, I think Sergio Garcia I saw rumored in there. Uh, I assume Kevin Na and Kokrak are involved in that. I don't know about Bubba and Varner that were... I would assume Team Rose. I would assume that as well. Um, so, yeah, again, not a haul of like the top guys that they, that they were hoping to get, but that's not nothing for the very... Of just the ones that are willing to test it for this very first event, um, I think that's that's interesting. So, um, I'm Get your popcorn ready. I love it. I love that they're, that they're inching towards some sort of concrete action on either side, right? Like... Make yeah. the tour, make the tour act. Make the tour put their cards on the table a little bit. Get the get the lawsuits flying. I just don't get think it's going to be good for golf fans, though. I yeah, don't. I'm I'm interested to see what happens, TC. But I'm with Solly too. Of like, man, it's just like, I don't think that's good long term. But I for think it's game. better to do it. I, like, it's better to get that shit out on the table now, and then to to draw this uncertain, like to keep drawing this uncertainty out and not knowing what the tour is going to do. Like then each side can kind of act decisively moving forward. And the average golf fan probably knows which side they can, they can choose, you know, or, or, yeah, I just think we're just going to get it. Like we're already, it's going to be a fractured golf world if that's the case. And it's going to get worse and worse. I don't think they're ever going to get everyone over, 
But if they get like, I, I'm just going to pull a name. If they start getting somebody of like Xander's quality, I'm not saying Xander specifically. If they start getting players of that talent, then the golf world, it's already like, how often do we get these top guys on the same course at the same time? Not frequently enough. Like, and now we have another league option out there or event series. Like, it's just going to, it's going to make for a, we don't need more golf tournaments. We don't. Like, we absolutely do not. And there's going to be even more that are going to be even less interesting. And now the ones that we do care about are going to have less good players in it. I don't think that's good for golf. For golf fans, that that's yep. just the angle. Yeah, but I think we've already – where I'm looking at it is we've already passed that bridge. Like, this is happening one way or another. Like, we might as well have some clarity on it. Yeah. Right? I'd rather it be sure. Robert Garrigus goes and wins How about Garrigus had the, the the lead in the first <laughs> round this week? At last week. For a, right. Or last week, yeah. That was great. Uh, with with Naughty Santa, Tommy Ganey. But what do you think – what do you think they're going to do with the, the television stuff? Like if, they, if they're paying twenty million bucks and nobody can watch it, it's not part of the like model. Because I don't think they need to have people watch it. <laughs> oh man, it's that's not even about the golf, Inter- right? You know, it's just an entertainment you know. product. No, nobody can see. That's well, and the, and the tickets, are, uh, yeah, the and tickets are crazy and, expensive. Yeah, I guess that's, ticket prices came out this week. They were I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were comically expensive. Which I, that didn't even bother me that much. I was like, of course they're going to be expensive. What are they? You think they're going to like just try to? You know, make it easy for anyone off the streets to come watch it. They want this to be a big money showcase event. Yeah. Like they're trying to do the Grey Goose model of taking it from the bottom shelf and putting it on the top shelf, even though it's the same product and <laughs> charging more for it and like making people think it's elite golf and elite tournament. And it's just listen it's just to Sally. He's a he's a well vodka guy. I love that about you, bud. <laughs> sure. <laughs> come on, I don't need those brands up on the top shelf. It's no, all I'm same. saying that's like come literally. On. I could be dead wrong on this, but what Grey Goose like was struggling. They just literally took their bottle and put it up on the top. Like they just raised the price of it and they started selling a lot more of and it. And they that's, don't even sell it in France. Okay. Like it's like French vodka. They don't even sell it in France. That tells you something right there. It's the official official vodka of the PGA Tour, I think, as well. We were out in Oregon. Some of the people out in Oregon, we were hearing through the grapevine that uh, people out there are dropping their memberships at Pumpkin Ridge. Although I guess it's a, kind of a long simmering, festering. This is the latest thing that's happened out there. It sounds like a pretty mismanaged place with with our friends at Escalante Golf. But uh, but yeah, a lot of people dropping their memberships out there and. Uh, and they're making a lot of changes to the golf course, uh, you know, adding tee box and things of that nature. Yeah. So, again, we'll we'll wait and see. Eamon Lynch wrote another article today just talking about how the dates all line up in terms of when waivers need to be or, you know, releases need to be filed, when tour is going to decide, and how that's going to affect major championship golf this year. And it's uh, – it's a, a weird, weird distraction. So, but it's not over. It's barely just begun. And Trump and Trump Doral was was Trump Doral was officially as announced as the finale. I think first reported on here a couple of months ago. I don't know what took him so long to to declare that officially, but uh, that will be. They've been doing a bunch of work out that course too. I'll so. also say, I mean, ticket prices were released. People were mad about the prices. Eighty pounds for a grounds pass. I think that's cheap comparatively to the to the Mexico Open. Well, that's like what a hundred something USD. Probably a hundred and yeah, hundred ten, hundred and fifteen. Which, and I don't know if the Mexico Open was not like day of. That might have been like today's price if you wanted yeah. to buy it today. If I don't you know didn't if want to sign up for a timeshare, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you get a timeshare, you get free tickets to the Mexico Open. That was definitely in the presentation. We need to, we, we need to get Randy's take on this on this timeshare situation because I feel like he's he's hundred percent. He's the only one amongst us that's that's truly lived lived and breathed the and embraced the, the timeshare lifestyle 
I don't have much more on this one other than the cat flew up to Southern Hills and played a practice round this week. This is less shocking after playing in the Masters. Um, and he obviously played the director of golf, as we mentioned. But obviously, you got to think he's playing. He won here in 2007. And uh, I do not think he's making this trip and then coming back and, and be, after playing in the Masters, he's not going to make in this trip and be like, no, I can't do that. I'm so stoked to see Southern Hills. Yeah. Like, I, you know, between the Hans Wagner renovation and just all the. You know, like I have, I have very little recollection. I've watched two or three majors from there now, and I have very little recollection of the course at all. And I think that's totally going to change this year. No, I'm very excited. We got what? What is your other than non-Tiger division? What are your lasting memories from the Southern Hills? Oh God, Hills it was like what? Major. Like Mark? Is it Mark Brooks? I think. And Retief Goosen. Yeah. Um, I remember also there's a clip that I, I mentioned this several years ago and somebody sent me the clip, but I think where Tiger really actually hurt his knee was fist pumping at Southern Hills. He like, yes, st- he's, I, I exactly he steps on a sprinkler head and starts limping immediately afterward. And uh, I don't know if any, those those dots were ever connected, but I remember that. And it was so hot. It was August <laughs> in, in Oklahoma and it was just drip fest. It was just a total drip fest. I just remember, too, like the like because that was a U.S. Open, right? The Retief Mark Brooks one that oh yes. you're right yeah, yeah 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 and so i'm thinking like the whole time i'm like that wait was Stu Sink too yeah i'm like these guys gotta go play Stu 18 holes it's hot as shit these guys are like like nobody wants to watch these guys play 18 more holes can we just play two or three and give give one of them the trophy uh the four putt from from Stu Sink. it was a three putt but it was from he missed an three 18 putt, incher but yeah that was tough so man sick. to miss the playoff that was really tough that was my lasting and then memory cat sure. cat talking shit about tulsa yeah, Bunky can't be at happy Tiger about Jam. That. Shout out to Tiger Jam. Of course, <laughs> went off her rave reviews, but Tiger Jam rules. Who was who was the musical act this year? I don't know. I think uh, well, I, we saw Steve Aoki was there, the heir to the Benihana throne. He and he and Tiger getting a nice uh, photo op together. He was in an interview with Phil Hellmuth. He's like, I heard there's a helicopter out there following you, Tiger. Like, what's going on in Tulsa? Huh, not a lot. <laughs> no, I just I just couldn't get any privacy. Couldn't get any practice. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up who the who the the uh, musical act was this year. On the LPGA tour this week at the Palos Verde Championship, which was fantastic viewing, if you will. One didn't go up against PGA Tour viewing. Two, West Coast golf in the in the evening, favorite time to watch golf. Three, very interesting golf course. This is a new championship. I knew nothing about this golf course going in, but up and down, tons of elevation change. Tons of slopes going on around the greens. Really good camera angles they had going uh, all week. Marina yeah. Alex stormed from behind to win uh, to win the Palos Verde Championship by one, I believe, over Lydia Coe. I didn't look at the final leaderboard. Lydia had a chance to hole out on 18 uh, to tie her. But uh, awesome tournament. The, the LPGA has been on a nice little West Coast heater. Two weeks in L.A. is great uh, for them. It looked like a big walk this week. Like That's, a, that's some pretty hilly terrain out there. Uh, Wild Bill Bell. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, wild wild Willie Bell. Uh, Fried Egg did some nice stuff on 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 the course. Um, had some Pasa Tiempo vibes to it, like yeah. a little bit. Some of the holes to kind See of that? weave weave in and out of the trees, and and uh, and seems like Palos Verdes is I don't total know total about blind it. spot. Yep, you know total blind spot. But like I was looking it up on the map, it seems like there's some other golf courses down there. There's a Trump course down there. There's a, a I think a public course that's pretty nice down there. So maybe something that we you know. I have to get out and see at some point. Um, in that the was the. Years, um, I've never been. I've never really been south. I've been to Orange County, but I've never really been to Manhattan Beach and 
Redondo, like the stuff south of LAX. It's always I've always kind of gone north of there. When I mean, I've been in Manhattan LA. Beach and Redondo Beach are very similar to like Venice and and Santa Monica and all that. It's when you get like, it's like this little spit of land that just like goes way out in the Pacific there, and it's crazy hilly. That was where the cat got in, into his into his car accident mm. out in Palos Verdes. Right. Uh, Apologies, Lydia Ko missed the putt on 18. She finished two back. Jin Young, uh, Marina Alex finished one shot clear of Jin Young Ko, who shot 66 today. And Jin Young Ko made an eight on Friday afternoon uh, on the 18th <laughs> hole, uh, which I believe would she would have won the golf tournament if she does not do that. I believe it was Friday. Marina's so good. Like, she's she's just immense self-belief. She works hard. Like, if, if, if you follow her on Instagram – She's posting pictures of her swing, like just basically of her practicing and not for like showy stuff of just like, it's like the stuff that she's working on. And I always, she's a great Instagram follow. I always love kind of tracking her progress with her golf swing. Uh, and she's just delightful to be around. So always happy. I think this was her second win, right? After she won Portland, maybe two or three years ago, three years ago. I think don't ask me because also Jin Young Ko did not make an eight. I don't know where, I thought I read Shackleford say something where, where she did that. So I apologize. I was also an error. <laughs> Um, God, I cannot get uh, any intel on who the, the concert was at Tiger Jam this year, which I know in the past they've had Bon Jovi and, you know, acts such as like Sister Hazel and, and you know, very, very, you know, high profile acts. So, well, I thought it was Steve Aoki, but we can continue to ignore that. He was there for um, sure. Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't know why else he would, I, is he just invited to Tiger Jam? Could be. Like, He's trying to get all the celebs I mean, there. Why was Helmy there? Because I think they were doing the poker thing, weren't they? Oh, that's right. Okay, they were. Which no word of whether or not Kokrak got the invite. In, something, something <laughs> else to follow up on. So Randy just sent a text. I guess Jerry Foltz was asking Lydia about her round and her week and everything, and Lydia was like brutally honest and said, "It's just that time of the month. I'm not feeling oh very well." And Jerry's like, "Oh my gosh, okay." But like props to her. I mean, yeah. I've always wondered that about women's golf, and I right? never know like how to ask that or whether it's appropriate. I've to talked ask, like, to Lauren about that yeah, before. I never yeah. have, and I, I, I think that is a super like that is a relevant, uh, relevant thing for women's sports. Because it's something where like it's you got to sync that up with with also when your game's feeling good and then your hormonal levels. Yeah. Like I can't imagine having to deal no, with. No, that. imagine that happens like during major week. Like yeah, that's an insane thing. Well, she also seemed like her her. What left hip was bugging her, you know. She's the physio's out there, um, and it's tough. I mean, Lydia had that left miss going, like the drive she hit on sixteen on that, uh, which was a sweet. That was the A on risk reward hole, uh, and it was awesome. Is that blind par five up the hill with the uh, with the pond short left? But Lydia kind of chloroformed one down down left. Hated hated see tough to tough to win down the stretch when you got that quick left ball in the in the bag. Solly. I believe you you played a mid am qualifier had that had that ball working really all tough day. to qualify with six pure just snap hook three woods like six of them count them. <laughs> three on one hole actually but I found the first ball luckily there may not be a more alarming shot in the golf bag like the the right miss is like it takes a while it's like oh no it's like a slow bleed the quick left ball is like it's it's uh, it's just jarring it's like getting you know getting stabbed because the next good. shot after the left miss is not one down the middle it's a queef right like it, no. You, there's no like no. in between like you're doing everything just to miss right and like well shit that's not a good place that to was be that was you're like oh my god that got out of hand fat like that i can't i can't do that again you know like we can we can survive for a while with the right miss we cannot survive yeah with the it's, left it's miss. like a, it's a quick death or a, or a slow bleed kind yeah. of thing uh i mean yes, neil i exactly. was fighting the left miss when we played at uh, belvedere yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. alarming. It's just, 
It's so alarming. It's like it. It just you're like you're on edge from from that minute forward. And then in the it seeps into so. your irons. It's and then and then, and then your putting stroke gets quick. It's not good. I I also want to give a shout out to uh, Lydia Ko and her caddy. The guy every every shot he's hitting her with stay in your posture. Mm. At the, right before she swings, it was that. like they they had a mantra. Like every shot they had the mic on it was like all right stay in your posture stay in your posture it was like she told him tell me that before every like shot fucking tempo which you wrote on your driver like fucking illegally. tempo which i think i need to find a new mantra stay uh, in your posture or maybe i need to get back to my mantra but it was like ah, god i respect that you know one of the best players in the world has a mantra i'm on the right track couple shout stuff. outs for lpga megan kang playing well good to see that annie park hell yes annie playing, park's playing some golf annie park. excellent golf the last what like Five weeks, six weeks. She had a good run at the uh, at the Chevron uh, a few weeks a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She's probably been been tearing people up in Fortnite <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, and then and then Madeline, D-line. Madeline, another top ten. So very normal. Starting to starting to feel a little bit. Uh, and then f- LPJ, they're off next week. They've got the Cognizant Founders Cup at uh, Upper Montclair Country Club. In New Jersey, Neil, what can you tell me about Upper Montclair Country Club? I don't know much about it. have Have never uh, played there, but nice part of New Jersey. So, uh, tune in. How about that, we just got back from a trip out to Abandoned Dunes. We have uh, made a flurry of Abandoned Dunes content over the years. I think we've done two separate podcasts, even uh, on our abandoned experiences, which we're not going to relitigate everything here. We also have a YouTube series. Uh, season t- six of Taurus Sauce profiled the Oregon coast and a lot of other spots in Oregon that uh, are some that featured a lot of golf highlights. I'm curious to ask you guys if anything changed. We had a big group of people of our uh, the Nest community. If you're interested in joining that, nolangup.com/join, uh, where we hosted 64 people, I believe total, out there uh, at Bandon. It was not designed to go Scotland straight to Bandon like it, like it worked out, but we had a lot of fun playing golf this month. I'm wondering, with in, in this trip, does anything change in how anything you have, have thought of any of the Bandon courses? I would say, uh, they, uh, man, I I feel like there's a couple things I'll say. One, that banding gets better each time I go back, which there are other places that I go where I don't feel that way. I feel like I have context for the courses, and each of them, like, rises almost equally in my rank. Like, I like all of them more. There's not a course I've, I've gone to and I've liked less. I've seen some certain flaws. I think that Bandon Dunes has risen in my rankings, um, or I've come to appreciate it more. I think it's a – it's just as um, – devilish as Pacific Dunes or just as hard in a lot of ways, but uh, it doesn't look as hard. So it's a little almost uh, trickier. It's, it's, a, there's, it's a bit more of an onion. It's I harder say. for better players. At the, sure. I, I've come to appreciate it more. I di- I, that was the one course I was like, I don't know, this one's fine for a while, but the more I play it, the more I appreciate it. Um, I still love Pacific Dunes, I, I, and I Electric. think I like Pacific Dunes because, no, because I only play it every three years or two years and I look forward to the challenge and I think that the challenge is right out in front of you there's not really a lot of tricks on that course there's not a lot of blind stuff where you could argue with some of the other whole, uh, other courses trails and banded specifically there's more that you can't see out there that you have to avoid um, and I think that became more apparent to me this time around because I did not take a caddy on this trip and I'm glad I didn't take one because I will never do that again it is truly a three or four shot difference if you have a caddy and just having them keep you in it especially if you're playing all five of them 
day to day, almost being that like second mind out there to snap you back into reality when you're when you're zoning out on Sheep Ranch or you're, you know, you're just tired from from a bunch of walking. And uh, I think, but I, I played my best golf of the trip on Pacific Dunes, and without a caddy, I think that's because everything's right out in front of you. Now, if you do hit it in some of those bunkers, Solly, I think you're absolutely right when you say it's overly penal. Like, it's like, hey, man, I didn't miss that one that bad. Like, I, that should not be an auto double, right, from, from that bunker. Or I think that the resort could do well to take some sand out yes. of the bunkers. I think the sand is, is brutal because it's so loose and there's so much of it. So I think that gives, you know, high handicaps a, such a tough time. Like, those bunkers are overly penal, especially on Pacific. Uh, but that was the one course where playing alone, I was, like, locked in. I was like, okay, you can't miss here, you can't miss here, like, it's it's an execution, like let's like can you do it right? And I I like rising to that challenge. So that course, I know you guys don't like it as much. I still really really enjoy going to battle with Doke on Pacific Dunes. TC, any new thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, trails gets better for me every single time. Like if I have ten rounds between the resort, I'm playing at least five of them on trails. Oh shit! Like I, I like it that much. I I. It gets you away from the ocean, and then like like I I'm dying to go back. I want to go to Bandit by myself sometime and just hang out and like reflect and relax and rejuvenate a little bit. And I want to take a couple of days and not play some golf. Like that drive down the coast from we went to Gearheart first for a couple of days, and um and shout out to Matt and and Jason and Forrest and all the guys out there. I mean, they <laughs> he cooked razor clams for us, and it was just like an outrageous experience. And that place just rules. But like going back, like going down the coast to Bandon, like that that drive is just as good as as anything at Big Sur, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Randy, it's so Randy got to see the dunes. He finally saw the dunes. Um, that are we didn't and miss then, much. Uh, but I, I think They're at Bandon, um, like Sheep Ranch is is what I thought it was. It's just a great great walk um you know i don't think it's it's not great it's role no, player yeah yeah it's like it does what it's supposed to do yeah. right i think the one thing i want to say about sheep ranch the blt up there is one of the it's like a top two or top three blt i've ever had in my life wow. and i love blts um they just they do it right up there the pastrami sandwich is really really good too but i got three blts in three days up there like like you heard it here T- TC BLT like, connoisseur. Like the 18 whole day that we High had. Praise. So so we played 36, 18, 36. The 18 whole day we had, we finished up at Old Mac and Bunky and Cody and I just drove up to to Sheep Ranch and just had a beer up there and ate up there and it was great. I love that little clubhouse. Awesome little patio out there too. Yeah. So I think Old Mac got better for me this time. I I appreciated Old Mac. Uh, I putted better on those greens. It still runs out of gas for me a little bit. You know, in that like kind of early part of the back nine and then and then starts to get better down the stretch again i'm trying to think pacific yeah, i mean bandon's bandon's great i think pacific listen i respect the course i just it's like a objectively it's a really really good golf course that i just do not enjoy playing and you know left-handed or right-handed now and i loved it the first time i played it i just relatively speaking of yeah course, yeah right? oh, and like there's some just absolutely world-class exhilarating holes i mean i would say probably four or five of the top 10 best holes at the whole resort are on Pacific dunes. Like there, there's just some like, like un, unmistakable greatness there, but there's also just, there's just some really flawed holes there as well. And we caught it like all of our conditions. I mean, April, you know, been there twice now in April and it's, you know, granted like 
some friends of ours were there a few days before and they got dumped on and shit on and like it was like unplayable for two days but we had no wind unbelievable no like zero rain we had a little like 10 minute squall kind of run through but um but yeah like for me it's just it's trails man it's just that's i love it so much and it's just such a great walk and it it's the perfect mix of a great hike and a great walk while also like i get to kind of get in tune with myself a little bit this was uh, basically I kind of just uh, I, every time I walk away from it, I, I, I look at the rankings and I hear some people talk about these courses and I'm wondering, like, am I missing something between Bannon and Pack? And every time I walk away, I feel even stronger. Like, I, I want to approach it with like, all right, we got Pack in like pretty benign conditions. And the last time we got it, it was a north wind that I we came off being like, dude, this is the, the prevailing wind and that course cannot be played in that kind of wind. And that's that was maybe. Well, you came off saying well, that. Well, you I didn't should have said that because it was unplayable that day. And well, I did. No, I did play. I played it great it, that day. That, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like you you got to rise to the occasion. It is. There are some. There are some not good holes. I agree with that. There's two or three of them. You I playing good like, does not change the fact that the course does not play good in that wind. You feel like, like you're on a not, razor's edge yes, the whole time. It, it, to the point where like I, 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 which I don't mind that if you're ready for it. I think that's a I mindset put, thing. That's my that's my point. I think it it is very you're a challenging good player. and overly like penal at times. I, and it's not personal for me. Like I shoot my lowest scores at pack. Like I have no problem paying, playing the golf course. It is the widest separation amongst uh, not as good players and good players. And that I don't enjoy. Like I don't I like playing with people that like well I don't like watching them get in trouble and not be able to get out of it. Like I enjoy banned dunes the most because it feels like the lesser player has a better time out there. It's friendlier, it's wider yet Getting close to some of those holes in the chess match that the better players have to, you know, go through to avoid the bunkers and like the the risk reward that comes with getting after some of those pins and the slopes around the greens. There's always an option to do something pretty safe, and there's like if you want to go for birdie, like go for it, man. But this is going to be really hard, and you're going to pay a price if you miss. That is, I don't feel that at pack. It is like, dude, hit this shot. Like here's the shot you got to hit. Go hit it. And like a lot of the times, I don't. I made like six birdies at pack. Like it wasn't that diff. It wasn't too difficult for me. I just walked off like looking at some of those pins, being like, "This is silly. Like this is not." If Doke's going to call this course a ten, and maybe that's just I need to stop looking at it through that lens. That's, him, that's the thing that gets me all riled up. Yeah, today. him considering that a perfect golf course. I'm like, no, this course is flawed in in very obvious ways. There's several holes that are extremely flawed, and Bandon's I, flawed too. There's some bad holes at, out, out on Bandon, I think, as well. There's some okay holes. I would not call any of them bad. I don't think. I, I think you guys got to. You need to get out of like like Doke's I don't book. like I'm just I haven't I haven't looked at Doke's rating of his own course. But I just I can't separate one, I, I like, it. Just, it's the number one rated public golf like course in America, it. and I'm like, wait a second here, guys. Like, it's not even the one on that strip of land that I would rather play, and I feel very confident in that. But that's what makes the resort beautiful. Is you can Randy can have Old Mac as his favorite, and I, it can be my fifth favorite, and neither of us are wrong. It's just like what your own personal tastes provide. Well, I think you nailed it with Sheep Ranch as like uh, that each course is yeah. so different that that's they all work together so well. It's it's like the it's the whole tapestry, right? Like if you go play there you get a little bit of something from every course. I don't I I'd go play, you know. It God, if so if you made me roll a, a dice to see which one I would play, I would be happy with any answer. I'd be like, "Oh, great, we're playing Old Mac today. That's awesome." And th- and if that was the only one I got to play while yep. I was there, that'd be 
I'd yeah. be totally fine with that because I love that it's, golf course too. Like it's my fifth favorite, and I would travel to Bandon just to play Old Mac. Like it's yeah. that. Like that's that's yeah. the level of golf we're talking I just, about. Man. I just think Bandon, Bandon Dunes. It's it's just my favorite. I have more appreciation for it every time. My scores keep getting higher on it. I'm getting further away from actually cracking the code, and I don't know why. It's just like the it's my Western version of the old course in terms of just trying to crack the code of it is a uh, a challenge of the mind that I greatly greatly enjoy. I think the just worth noting too. Like I know Bandon, like everybody else, is struggling with labor shortages and staffing, and you know I'm sure um, sourcing and all that. And yeah, I mean you notice it in certain spots, like the trails. Trails wasn't open for dinner or whatever. But like on the whole, like I thought they did an exceptional job. Like the the experience was was 95 percent of what it was pre-COVID or yeah. during. Like it, it's 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 a wonder of operational excellence out there and we'd tell you to go book a trip but it, they're booked way in advance and you've already probably booked one because it's that place is like the one of the busiest places uh in all of golf but just an awesome week thanks to everyone there for the hospitality thanks for everyone uh part of the group that made the trip it was a, a very memorable one and uh, it's just it's i remember walking around that place and just thinking how fortunate we all are that this land is used for golf because it did not have to be and it is and yeah. Uh, the golf world is much much better off for it so um aussie open little uh, little housekeeping here australian open will be held at kingston heath and victoria men's and women's at the same time same championship also same uh kingston heath is putting in a par three course party panther and the guys were trying to get that you know the last three or four years they had awesome. some they had some old yeah. guys that were that were dragging their feet didn't want to spend the money that's happening in December, the Australian Open. Um, Scotty Scheffler did the Green Jacket Tour with the Dallas uh, sporting event throughout the first pitch. Dropped the puck at a Stars game. How does how was I didn't see the the I saw him at the Rangers game. Throwing uh, a little high heat, a little yeah, high, a little high. Better than better than burying in the dirt, but um, looked like an athlete. Could he could he pitch for the Reds? Okay, he could definitely <laughs> pitch for the Reds, which. I do want to say uh, we are 12 games since Randy uh, had a rant on this podcast two weeks ago um, about the current state of affairs for the Reds. Uh, the Reds lost 11 of those 12 games since Randy's rant. So uh, things are going great. 3-18 Three Three and 19 now after 10-4. to 10-1 loss today. So they're uh, truly, truly a disgrace. It's incredible. Careful what you wish for. Sally, uh, we are headed for. to TPC Potomac this week. We we are not not Quail Hollow. No, we are not. <laughs> the, the tour is heading to Potomac, not Quail Hollow. Remember that as we head to Wells Fargo week. God, so so pumped we get to go back to Quail Hollow in the fall. I'm just glad we get a look at that that storied course. Uh, I, you know what? I, I'll mile, say man. TPC Historic Potomac. Green Mile. I think last time they went there was that the time that that Stephen Britton and the boys burned out the greens and 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 had a time of it. I don't remember. I think it was the. I don't remember. Was it the Joel Damon Sun Kang year? Or the last yeah, time they were there? it was okay. awesome. Um, it was like it was hot. It was firm. It was fast, and they did a great job with the agronomy. I hope we see something similar. We'll see. And uh, we have it here on the agenda. The shop is back from TC. Tell us about what's going on in the shop. The shop is back. It's been back. Uh, we've been kind of slow playing it. Pro yeah. Shop. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. Shop never <laughs> no, left. It, it left I mean, for a little bit in February. We just didn't have any inventory. <laughs> that's true. February was February stuff. Uh but it is back. We got we got big things, big things going on in there. A lot of honestly, a lot of like basics back in. T shirts. We're working on some new hats, which I'm really excited about. So May should be a big month. We got some strapped posters coming out this week. Trying to get those live by Thursday. It's part three of uh 
of Strapped in the Low Country premieres Wednesday at 9 p.m. Yep. Myrtle Easter. Beach, huh? So tune in for that. Myrtle <laughs> Beach, baby. Party party boys Bleak. coming out to play. We'll see. I, mean, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, Vedanta should, should open up a, a Myrtle Beach outpost. Uh, the shop is uh, store.nolayingup.com, by the way. We have or a- shop. We I've got a redirect oh. on too. Shop.nolayingup.com now works as well, How which is that? really really cool. Incredible. Just in case, Holderness, just in case you forget, Holderness and Born pullovers and polos and all new sweatshirts. It's uh, it, it's it's fantastic stuff. You guys, we're start we're starting to work nine, twelve, fifteen months out now. It's taken us some time to kind of get our feet under us, adjust to the new world before us. And we're still we're still playing a little catch up the next like two three months, but we got some big stuff coming July August. So yeah, uh, we're kind of filling in the gaps right now, guys. I have a Sunday soapbox that I'd like to to run by you. Go or, ahead. Or just just to cap things off, I want to give a shout. I want to go to the to the old guys to the Champions Tour. Please. And I want to talk about a guy, Stephen Alker. He won today. He won the Insperity uh, in Houston in the Woodlands, I believe. Um, do you guys know anything about Stephen Alker? I, I know he missed a. He was in the wilderness pretty bad, right? So he's from New Zealand, and he just turned fifty. And he's. I, I, I started seeing his name pop up because I, the Beluga's really been thinking about focusing a lot more on the Champions Tour. I think there's some, um, some some lines we can take advantage. It's like about the that. WNBA. My my buddy. Yeah. Uh, my buddy when he was working for ESPN, there was this guy that, that there was a producer there at uh, ESPN, and he was like, man, like. He's like, why do you watch so many WNBA games? And he's like, oh, because I bet on all of them. I made like, I made like close to a million dollars betting on the WNBA last year because the lines are just so off. Same yeah. thing with so, Champions Tour, right? So this guy, yeah. So, so thank you. But <laughs> Stephen Alker comes on the scene, turns fifty. I think this is his second, might be his third win of the season. He just turned, like I said, he's just turned fifty. He's won seven hundred and ten k, not including today's winnings up to this year. How much do you think he won? in his career on the PGA Tour? I wouldn't even know where to guess. 841K total. Jesus. Never won a tour. Seven top 25s in his career on the PGA Tour. No top 10s. Best major finish was T19 at the, at the Open Championship in, uh, I can't remember what year, I think early 2000s. Uh, he's won 13, he has 13 wins worldwide. Uh, three on the PGA Tour of Australia. Four on the Web.com Tour. TC, you'll like this. He also won the Fiji Open and the Tahiti Open in 95 and 96. Shout out to National He's Open. Doing some very doing cool. Doing some Captain Cook shit down there in the South Pacific. Yeah, and so here's this guy. I've never heard of him, right? And he's out there, and, you know, you got Miguel Angel Jimenez is the mechanics tearing things up. He's been number one in the Schwab Cup this year. Langer's doing his thing. Scott Perel, like, Scott Perel's kind of another one of these guys where— Scott Perel's a has, predator. He's so they, good. No, but no—this guy has no, like, PGA Tour— Oh, he was like career to, to speak of. No, I'm talking about Alker. And oh. this guy's out here like turns 50 and just goes gangbusters on the Champions Tour. And I think that's incredible that a guy could just basically like almost take, you know, he's probably waiting since he was like 45. Like, all right, once I get out to this Champions Tour. And then he's just, he's just going ham. And I just, I've never heard of the guy. And I, I looked him up and I, you know, it's a name that I'm just like, man, who is this Steven Alker guy? I've never heard of him. And turns out he's just having like a, He's just a late bloomer, I guess, but he's he is doing big things out there this year. So through the through the Club Corp Classic, which they don't have it announced uh, or updated through this week yet, but it was Jimenez, Alker, Goosen, Longer, Scott Perrell, Jerry Kelly, Lee Jansen, Tim Petrovic, Stephen Ames, and KJ Choi. 
And of all of those guys, you all of them had substantial PGA Tour careers, right? Like known entities, household names throughout the 90s and 2000s. And then this guy, Steven Alker, is just, you know, he's about to be number one in the Schwab Cup. He's just doing crazy stuff for someone that, I mean, I guess, yeah, he's won 13 times worldwide, but none of those wins seem like anything special and just had zero success on the PGA Tour. So I think that's an interesting wrinkle to the Champions Tour. I would have thought that that kind of thing would be so much less likely to happen when guys like Mickelson are, are out there playing, Furyk, David Toms, like some of these big names, they're almost like licking their chops waiting to get on the Champions Tour. And here's this guy that has, he's just a total no-name, comes in and he's, you know, he's winning the Schwab Cup. So shout out to him. That's my soapbox. I'm going to step down now. Solly would have probably labeled him a manipulator but back you know, that, the show, that's 20 the years the ago. That's the end of the show. That's <laughs> If i got to defend Steve, like a hypothetical Stephen Alker <laughs> take, that is the end of tonight's show. So. Well, it gives me hope, though. It's never too late, Solly. You know, I talked about it on, on the Nest Pod a while back. It was like, what's your... You know what's your golf goal? So I was like, I want to play in the Masters. <laughs> Basically, I want to win the Mid Am. You got it. And I thought that was sick, though. I thought that was all, like, yeah, if I could get into the match play, anything could happen. And I think that's when you laid it out like that. I was like, dude, that's kind of sweet. You imagine like, I qualified the shit out of all of that for the first time, <laughs> listeners. For that no, one, no, you did. It was on the Nest Pod too. That's behind the paywall. Yeah. So nobody, nobody. Stop giving know, these want to hear that. Free. It's like I know I can, I can qualify for the Mid Am. So once I get there, why show up if I? You know, it's just like when Tiger shows up at an event. He doesn't play unless he thinks he can win. So That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If but it was just stroke play, a guy I would not 50, be able to. But, like, match play, A guy knows? at 50, like, playing, playing the best golf of his life, his first year out on the Champions Tour with zero, zero resume that he would be doing that is, like, I think that's awesome. It is. It's it fantastic. is. Fantastic. Solly, you had, you had uh, Mike's pastry tonight. I did. What'd you think? Uh, it gave me a sugar crash because I'm ready to go to nice. bed now. I had a, a peanut butter crunch cookie at, at Mike's here in Boston, and uh, we're off to go play Brookline tomorrow. So we are. About we're going to do some scouting. Doing some scouting. Neil, and- Neil, I'll sell you some intel for uh, some so, yeah, yeah, scouting report. You got you to gotta sit through a, a timeshare presentation <laughs> first, though. <laughs> so. I was like, where are you going with that? I don't <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play the country. Guys, I think I think I'm, Scotland I'm and Bandon back to back like melted my brain. It's good. I'm close to being broken. It, we got to power through these. And then days. and then the NFL draft. Like I oh, got God. home and watched. I stayed up till you know midnight and watched the NFL. Draft. And that and seems so with us. That would that and was listen, anyone decision. that's like my favorite still with, with us is playing the 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 world's smallest violin for <laughs> for all of us right now. Okay, I'm sorry. You had to go to Scotland and Bandon. That first round was nuts. All right, it is bedtime. It is time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Neil, thank you for calling in. TC, let's get some rest. Let's play a little golf tomorrow. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Adios. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect